Good evening, everyone. Buckle up for your marathon fourth at Sunday of Advent and Christmas weekend. All packaged in one, one day. <laughs> one 36-hour period. Um, well, my friends, before I begin my homily, I have a message for you. And it comes from our, our bishop, John Folda. He has asked all the priests of the Fargo Diocese to read a brief letter from him during the Mass for the fourth Sunday of Advent this weekend. So here is the message from our Bishop and Shepherd. Dear brothers and sisters, you have doubtlessly heard of a recent declaration from the Holy See related to blessings. This document has been widely misinterpreted, particularly in the media. I wish to reiterate the perennial teaching of the church and the teaching of the declaration itself. Marriage is the exclusive, stable, and indissoluble union between a man and a woman, naturally open to the generation of children. And it is only in this context that sexual relations find their natural, proper, and fully human meaning. The church's doctrine on this point remains firm. Therefore, in no way does the church approve any sexual relationship outside of a valid marriage, notwithstanding what you might have heard. While individuals, despite our sinful circumstances, are capable of receiving blessings, it is not possible to bless sin itself. As such, we may bless those struggling to overcome habitual sin. In such cases, it is clear that the blessing is not of the sinful behavior or relationship, but rather of the person seeking to be transformed by Christ. The church and her pastors must be careful not to give any appearance of approving or promoting anything contrary to the gospel. Blessings strengthen us in our struggle against sin, our repentance, and our resolve to follow God's will. In that light, I take this opportunity to offer you all my Episcopal blessing. Sincerely yours in Christ, Most Reverend John Folda, Bishop of Fargo. So thank you, my friends, for allowing me to read a very important letter from our shepherd as we begin this liturgy. And let's dive into this liturgy. Today, my friends, is a beautiful Mass. The fourth Sunday of Advent, you know, is different each year in terms of how close it is to Christmas Eve. And this year, it is the closest it can possibly get. Christmas Eve is just hours away. And this is a wonderful liturgy to celebrate together as we prepare for the nativity of our Lord and enter into the mystery and beauty of our liturgical year. You know, as I was preparing this homily, I wanted to frame it and kind of give it a title. And I'm calling it this, 
Joy in the midst of anxiety. Joy in the midst of anxiety. I want to start off with a quote from one of the greatest minds of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas. And he says this, No one can live without joy, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. Let me repeat, no one can live without joy, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. You know, I believe that is one of the most insightful things I've ever heard in my life. You know, think about that, my friends. When you are having a rough day, when life is beating you up a bit, where do you go? How do you deal with it? Do you hit the ice cream section at Hugo's? You know, brothers and sisters, if you are lacking joy in your life, when your heart is heavy, when life seems hard, when work or family relationships got you down, it's hard and we want to find joy. So we look for it. So we can look for it in drinking or in food or in other things. Maybe darker things. No one can live without joy, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. My friends, isn't that what the world is like today? Now think about it. Christmas for the world doesn't really mean anything. Not like how it means to us. To the world, Christmas is good. It has a kind of uh, warm sentimentalities towards family, around food and gifts. People try to be nicer to each other. There is some good there. But the world doesn't find hope in Christmas like we do. The world doesn't know what we know. The world doesn't have the answer that says, I am loved. My life has purpose. I'm going somewhere, and I have a union with God. So the world, it distracts itself and just goes crazy after pleasurable things. And most of them are, you know, most of them are not bad in themselves. But I think the reason that our culture does that is because it no longer believes in God. So where am I going with this? Well, I mean, today's gospel reading is arguably the, the richest in the entire Bible. When the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, it is such a beautiful and powerful scene. You know, it's been painted by famous artists throughout history. And Gabriel's first words to Mary are, Hail, full of grace. And here's the interesting thing. When you're in Israel, both today and in Jesus' time, you know, when Jews greet each other, they say shalom, which of course means peace. And Pope Benedict XVI, he has a wonderful, wonderful reflection on this. You know, instead of the normal greeting of shalom, the first thing the angel says to Mary is kire. Kire, which literally means rejoice. 
Pope Benedict says that that word, rejoice, is the beginning of Christianity. So brothers and sisters, my desire for you and I today is to enter into Mary's joy. Her joy is, is supposed to say something to us. You know, we, we all want joy and happiness, and we, we usually seek it in the externals. But the joy God wants to give us runs so much deeper. So let's dive into that through Mary. How did Mary receive that joy? You know, what, what was it that, that made her joyful? Well, I think Mary must have been the most joyful person that ever lived. I mean, what, coin, what kind of joy was it? Well, it, you know, it wasn't external. Mary lived a normal life in the terms that she was a normal human being. She would have had anxieties. She would have had difficult relationships. She would have had hopes and fears, joys and sorrows, just like all of us. But the day Gabriel appeared to her, heaven broke into her life. Think about that. The day the angel spoke to Mary, she realized something she had never known before, that God had chosen her from all eternity and he was breaking into her life. Brothers and sisters, that's meant to be your story. Christians are normal men and women. We have difficulties, fears, and anxieties, but somehow God has broken into your life. Gabriel says, rejoice, Virgin Mary, for the Lord is with you. So think about this. It's, you know, it's easy to think Mary's life was easy. After all, she had Jesus himself in her womb. She is the mother of God. But there are two points I want to bring up. First is the fact that Mary was pregnant as probably a 14 or 15 year old girl. Imagine the difficulty of that. Imagine her going out in public when she is starting to show. Imagine the looks she would have had in the little town of Nazareth. Even harder is the fact that Mary cannot explain her pregnancy to her family or to Joseph. How does a 15-year-old girl tell her parents, I am pregnant through the Holy Spirit? Mary's profound yes to God, it probably isolated her from all those around her. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want to point out is that according to Jewish law, from the book of Deuteronomy, if a virgin in Israel is betrothed and she's unfaithful to her spouse, by law she could be stoned. Brothers and sisters, Mary's yes to God had a tremendous cost. Mary literally could have been killed because she said yes to God. But yet, do you imagine that Mary walked with her head down all the time and depressed? <laughs> I cannot imagine that. I don't think it could possibly be that way. I think that Mary radiated joy from the depths of her being. And why is that? <laughs> it's because she had union with God. 
No one can live without joy, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. Mary did not need externals because the perfect love of God dwelt inside of her. My friends, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's meant to be your story and my story. It allows us to say that, you know, Lord, I can go through difficult things. Yes, it will be hard. And life doesn't get easy because I'm a Christian or because I'm a priest. But I know that you are with me. I know that I am loved. I know that God desires to be in my life. And that is a joy beyond words. St. Augustine, another one of the greatest minds of the church, says that, he says that the entire Christian life is about cultivating holy desires. It's about learning to delight in the right things. Brothers and sisters, do you delight in God? Or are you too focused on externals? Do you delight in the one who is truth and beauty himself? The one who is love himself. There is no higher good than God. And our joy this Christmas is not external, it's internal. It's the joy of Mary in the midst of anxiety. It's that I'm loved. It's that somehow heaven broke into my life. Living a normal life as a normal person, the light of heaven breaks into your heart. And that gives me joy. So today, Lord, in that first word of Christianity spoken by Gabriel, we rejoice. And Jesus, I beg you, remind us of that joy. Renew our hearts so that we may know that our fulfillment, our love and our hope and joy come only in you. You brought us into the family of God. Jesus, we pray today for that love that broke into Mary that may it also break into us and that today we may truly rejoice.